You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, listening to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com. If you got a moment, rate us, review us, iTunes, however you get your podcast, uh, Stitcher, whatever. Drop us a rating, five-star rating if you would. Ask us a question, uh, suggestions for shows, guests, whatever you want to do there. We appreciate that. Also, if you happen to be watching on YouTube, which I would strongly encourage you do, you will see who I have with me. I have Joey Powell, the famous throwback podcast, Joey Powell, uh, which great one last week, Joey. Very enjoyable. It is related to the guests we have with us now, Denaris Searcy. Denaris, I, I do appreciate you taking time to join the Inside Carolina podcast. No problem. Thanks a lot for having me. So, how this all went down is I got a text from Ross Martin and he said, I've got Denaris Searcy interested in the podcast. Can you guys handle it? And I said, why wouldn't you? And he said, well, cause I'm young and I don't <laughs> <laughs> and he, basically. And he said, I, I wasn't around and I didn't pay attention as much when Denaris was at Carolina. I said, Oh, so throw it to the old guys. Uh, of course, I remember vividly when you were at Carolina, as does Joey. So that's why we're here. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Want to talk about it from the very beginning, all through Carolina, how you met the wonderful lady off the screen there that uh, won't get in the picture. And, <laughs> you got the office. Yeah, and how, uh, and how, you know, life as a Tar Heel has been since your time at Carolina. Sound like a plan? Yeah, that's cool with me, man. Um, my story, like I said, my story, I'm from Decatur, Georgia. Uh, I was coming up through the ranks. Uh, around my junior year, I started getting recruited a lot, recruited a lot heavily. Then I met uh, Tommy Thigpen, who was at Carolina at the time, and now he's he's back now working with Mac Brown, so which is good to see. But uh, he, he was recruited big in the Atlanta area and, and came to the school. And, uh, saw some of my, my film. Uh, we chatted briefly, and then he left. Then he came back two weeks later, and that's when he brought John Button with him. And that's when John Button was still the head coach at Carolina. So met him. Uh, they invited me to a camp. I ended up coming up there. And at the time, Georgia Tech was the only campus I had been on because Georgia Tech is literally in the inner city of Atlanta. And me being uh, – Decatur being 15 minutes outside of Atlanta, you could easily go to Georgia Tech anytime you got ready, you know. Uh, so, seeing North Carolina, man, it was one of the most beautiful places I've, I've ever seen at the time, you know. And it was, it was just I knew I knew as a play, as a person I could I could grow there, and I knew as a player I had a chance to grow there under um, the coaching staff that was there originally. And then I guess that season then turned out how it was, and then uh, Button was let go. Then they brought in Bush Davis, and I already knew about his history through Miami. So I was like, "Yeah, Carolina's still the front runner for me." Pretty much at that point, uh, which was real, which was uh, which was good because I had offers from Virginia Tech, Florida, LSU, Georgia Tech, and Maryland. So I mean, and Ole Miss. Uh, so I was 
I was very sought after by uh, other schools, but uh, in the end, I, I felt Carolina was the best best option. I ended up choosing the, choosing Carolina. Man, it was the best four years of my life. Uh, I met so many great people on the field and off the field. Like I'm still friends with guys to this day. I've I've been to teammates' wedding. I've been to their weddings. They they've been in in mine and it came to my wedding. So. Um, it's true what they say. Uh, the friends you make in Carolina is friends you have for a lifetime. Um, and then, like they say, nothing finer than like Carolina. You meet your Carolina girl. I met, I met my wife there in Carolina. <laughs> you know, she was um, UNC, on the UNC track team. You know, so we we met, and she been stuck. I said she been stuck with me because I told her I'm spoiled. I'm not going nowhere anytime soon. So <laughs> she been stuck with me since uh, since our Carolina days, and we coming up on 11 years of knowing each other and Ooh. 10 years of marriage. So, yeah, man, it's a great thing, man. I, I love it. I can't ask for nothing better. And, if she was uh, on the track team, how'd you catch her? Hey, it was fast. I mean, you're a, you're a four or five guy, but, you know, track team, that's a different fast. <laughs> hey, luckily it was fall fast. She was sitting down. I didn't, have to, <laughs> I didn't have to run that fast. I heard her, you know what I'm saying? I'm a DB. I can get over there quick. I got to <laughs> she can make a move, you know? So, so yeah, I ended up after, after my – Time at Carolina, which was great, man. Like I said, met some awesome people, players, people, coaches. Um, uh, my time there was great, and I was lucky and fortunate enough to go play the Senior Bowl, go to the Combine, and I ever get drafted to Buffalo Bills, which was which was like night and day from Carolina Indicator. Like first off, when I first got drafted, and I was thinking. Oh man, like I'm going to the big city. You know what I'm saying? I've never been to New York at that point. And then like when we landed there and I saw snow in March and I was like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> this is this is yeah, I'm a long way from, from Georgia now. So um it it was crazy. I mean the weather was different. Uh once once you got into October, it looked like it looked like Gotham City, like it was always dark. It looked like it was gonna snow or rain at any moment. Uh, the people there was great, though. The people there, was, I love, I love Buffalo. That was one of the, that was the place I wish I could have stayed and finished my whole career there. It was, it was wonderful. Like you know, uh, it, it allowed me to grow as a player, allowed me to grow as a person. Not not that much nightlife or things to get into, so it made you hone in and focus on why you're there, which is the play football, really, you know what I'm saying? So I was able to uh, hone in on that and uh, work, perfect my craft even more. And then when my four years was up with there, I ended up going to Tennessee, which was which was pretty cool. I was I was able to go play for another great organization. I was able to be closer to home. Uh, instead of being an 18-hour drive for my, for my folks, it, it, uh, going to Tennessee turned into a four-hour drive. And my mom being from Tennessee, she was – ecstatic you know so she was so she she enjoyed that experience man i enjoyed playing in nashville it was it was it was good to be down there in, in that city man uh, it was music everywhere it's they they really call it the city of the uh music town because it's 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 one i think it's broadway street if i'm not mistaken you go on broadway street it's nothing but bars and uh i say countless and endless types of music like country rock and roll hip-hop jazz uh, it was amazing. It was amazing going out and experience that. And, uh, and then I ended my career in Carolina, and that was that was that was a, a time that I really enjoyed. Uh, even though it didn't it didn't pan out how I ended, I ended up getting injured. You know, I had to go on IR. But I, I was 
up until that point before we go to IR, I was having probably one of the most best times in the NFL because I was in a, in a city that was all, already familiar with me with my days of playing at Carolina and having two bowl games in the same stadium that I, that I was going to end up playing in. So I knew I had a big fan base here, and it showed, it showed doing – Mini camp and the show, do a training camp because I seen so many like Carolina people out there about like Tar Heel pictures and whatnot doing training camp. So I love signing autographs every day doing training camp. It was good to see people out there, but uh, it was it was a short lived it was a short lived season, like I said. But it was it was still full of great memories. I got to play beside Julius Peppers, which was crazy. Like I remember Peppers just coming and standing on the sideline when I was at Carolina playing football games. He his long that that just showed a testament to his longevity. Cause he was still playing, and I was going into my eighth year, and I was remember him coming on the uh, sideline. I was a sophomore, Carolina. So man, that just shows how how freakish of an athlete he is. So then, after the 2018 season, sat down with my my family, and then decided to walk away from the game. I had played long enough; it was time for me. I was uh, I was I was ready for the end that chapter of my life. It was a, it was a like a check, like a goal checked off the list, a dream. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our son at the time, so now I got a young man to look after and be and be there for, and be a positive role model from him. So all I've been doing up until this point, uh, playing football, uh, of, of, uh, play football with him in the living room, and my daughter's doing flag football, <laughs> so she's out there pulling flags, and <laughs> so <laughs> I don't turn back into a fan now. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm now that parent at the park that be yelling. Uh, <laughs> I'm that fan yelling at the TV screen now when I when I watch football. I've, I've got into more basketball now. Like I really didn't watch NBA really like that until uh, playoff time, but I've watched almost every game until it uh, the season was canceled. So I'm excited to see that come back on TV. Uh, I've always been a big baseball fan, so I'd be glad when baseball started back up. And, and I got heavy into golf now, which is amazing. Nice. <laughs> that, that's funny what happens when you get time. Yeah, and that's that's a sport you can play forever, but it also drives you crazy like no other. Oh yes, oh yeah. I took my I, I took my wife out there with me one time, and she <laughs> she see why she see why some of my clubs are, are dirty and, and rusty. are still together. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. She be like, nah. She why you sweat so much? I says, nah. It's not. It don't be the heat. You just I'm mad. <laughs> that's money right there. Been there, done that. Denoris, let me ask you, man. You mentioned you know, growing up in in Staconia, Decatur. Um, <laughs> you, you were you were a two star rated kid out of high school, mm-hmm. and I think it proves kind of that notion that the star ratings aren't always right. Because if you look at your offer sheet, it was really really good. You mentioned Virginia Tech, some of the other major schools that had also offered you in addition to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Did you ever consider that when you were when you were kind of going into college, did that motivate you or did you just kind of ignore it and say, hey, this is who I am as a player. This is what I want to do. Um, I kind of ignored it. I mean, I knew I was a good player, obviously, because I'm, I'm, I'm there, you know, and I knew part of the reason why I probably had two stars is because of the high school I went to. It wasn't mm-hmm. as, it wasn't like powerhouses, like like you would say, or got the notoriety that, that a lot of the other high schools got. So, right. My high school is kind of, kind of hard to find in Decatur. If you're not from Decatur, you don't know where my high school is, you know. So, so it's kind of like, 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 like Tommy Thibodeau always say he found a diamond in the rough because mm-hmm. my high school, not too many guys come out of there, you know. So, I mean, I, I've always believed in my talent, and I, and I knew I was good. I just knew I just needed somebody to believe in me. And 
fortunately, I had a lot of schools believe in me and wanted my uh, my uh, services. So, I mean, it was great. I, I started realizing like all my hard work is paying off for sure. You know, and I was gonna choose the best option that was gonna help me continue to grow as a as a player and as a person. And, and Carolina was that was that choice that did it for me. Good stuff. Let me let me talk about Johnny T-shirt for a second before we get too f- much further into the podcast. Johnny T-shirt, of course, sponsors of this great podcast, sponsors of Inside Carolina, and look, they're running sales constantly during the summer. I got an email today. Johnny T-shirts up to seventy percent off. If you're an Inside Carolina subscriber, you get ten percent off of that. You cannot beat their deals, whether it's JohnnyT-shirt.com or Johnny T-shirt on Franklin Street. Always have sales, sales on Jordan gear, everything you could possibly want if you're a Carolina fan. Go to johnnytshirt.com. Go to Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street if you're able. Take care of Johnny T-Shirt because they take care of Inside Carolina. Like I said, wonderful sponsors of this podcast. And while we're at it, let's take another break, pay the national bills. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We're back with the Inside Carolina Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Joey Powell. We've got Denar Searcy with us, former North Carolina Tar Heel defensive back. Let, let me ask you about your time at Carolina specifically. I know you played a little bit in 2007. Uh, you may have played in all 11 games, 12 games. But 2008, I think when I really started knowing who Denar Searcy was as a football player, was in that bowl game against West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, there and that uh we were there. I've never seen so many people sing whatever that song West Virginians sing <laughs> after that ball game. Those people came out of the woodwork, but terrible, terrible yeah. song. It's right. <laughs> To their credit, they sing it, and they all know the words. So it must be a simple one to learn for West Virginia. Right, right. <laughs> right. They, uh, that, but, but talk about that game as sort of maybe your coming out party because next the year after you started, Tremaine Goddard, I believe, had moved on, and you mm-hmm. started. And, and just talk about how one game that we see really mm-hmm. uh, pushes you forward into being the player you become. Um, see, when I came in, it was about – it was for, for me, I had to learn because being a two-way player, I was always on, you know what I'm saying, open, open book. And, and our defense didn't run too many plays. We had three, we had three coverages, uh, <laughs> three, two in man, you know, and, and I was at linebacker, so a lot of times I blitzed, you know, so I had to come. So freshman year was a big learning, it was a big learning curve for myself. Uh, I, I had to learn a whole lot of terminology that I had never heard before. Um, you know, like, uh, you, you talk in high school, but it's not 
on the magnitude of how you got to talk in college. And then right. it's especially not on the magnitude of how you got to talk on the field in the NFL. So that's what I had to grasp coming from high school to college. So it wasn't until like midway through my freshman year of that season that I finally picked up on the playbook. But I was still good enough to be on the field. So I was still involved in packages. They just tell me to do just one assignment. And plus I play on all special teams. So I was getting exposure. So by – so by my sophomore year, I was ready to play, but I knew I, I was in, in competition with Tremaine, which Tremaine was a hell of a talent and a hell of a leader and, and a great guy. Like I, I credit a lot to Tremaine as well as Deontay for helping me learn the, the defensive side of a, of, a, of a playbook because I was so offense heavy in high school. And even though I played defense, I didn't have to worry about too much. It just – find the ball, run to the ball. <laughs> See so, ball, hit ball. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so, to, so to be able to grasp that, I, I, I uh, commend Tremaine and Deontay for helping me with that. So I understood, I understood I was still in competition with him going to my sophomore year, but I knew I was ready to play. So when they, so when we was going against West Virginia, who had an orthodox uh, offense, that need, we needed more speed on the field. That's how I got, to, that's how I got involved in the game plan going to that bowl game. And then, <clears throat> so when we got out there, I was already ready to play. And then it's like, your first start is in a bowl game. Everybody back home is watching. So I was never nervous because it, it was always something that I always envisioned doing. Like, I always wanted to play Division One football. I always wanted to be in a bowl game. All the bowl games I watched on TV as a youngster, I wanted to have moments like that in the bowl game. So when I got the opportunity, the moment was never too big because I had already been daydreaming about that for so long. Now it's just time to play. So, so everybody, so like I said, everybody got introduced to me really that game. But I was ready to play from from Jump Street uh, from that sophomore season leading up into that game. So it was just a, a scratch that was waiting to be itched, and I got what better way to itch it on in, in, on that sort of TV in that type of environment. What was it like going up against? I believe they had Pat White, they had mm-hmm. Steve Slayton, I believe. Uh, Noel Devine. They had yeah, some Devine was really They had some, they had some pretty good talent on their team. It was, it was pretty cool because me and Noel Devine was the same recruit, uh, uh, graduation class. So I knew of him, heard of him through like you know rivals of scout.com. Mm-hmm. So to see him in person was pretty cool. Um, it was, it was just all my, all my. Oh, my admirer went out the way doing warm-ups. Now, I look over there and admire who's over there and, like, because they're pretty good players. But once once we, once we the coin is tossed, we have to play. So, it was it was about competition. I I enjoyed the experience. Um, I enjoyed the experience of playing in that type of crowd, playing with those guys that was on that team at the time, um, knowing, like, every play I made, everybody back home was watching it. Because after that game, I went straight back to Atlanta. I didn't stay in Charlotte that night after the game. Like, literally, the Charlotte being four, three and a half, four hours to Atlanta, like, we left. My entire family left after the game. And so it was it was good to be at me back at home and getting that praise. I was I was glad I had had a good game. And, and it propelled me going into that, that next spring, which I kept getting better, and then I had, then I ended up starting beside Deontay my junior and senior year, and I, I kept excelling. And I, uh, I, I was proud of myself. I was proud that I was able to, like, accomplish that type of, uh, of accolade, you know what I'm saying? So it was, it was pretty cool. And then my junior year, 
I threw another wrinkle in everybody's wrench because nobody knew I could return punts, and I started doing that. And <laughs> so I mean, it just showed, it just showed like it started. People started asking like, where, I, where, where was I hiding and where, where was they even hiding yet? I was like, I've been here. I just been just waiting my time. And once I got it, I just I was taking around with it, had had fun with it. You had a great modicum of success while you were at Carolina. Your teams were successful. You guys got to go to some bowl games, had some some pretty marquee wins. What was your favorite part about playing college football at Carolina? And it could be a, a relationship with a teammate. It could be, you know, we'll go ahead and say meeting your wife was one. Right. But then what was, what, was, what was two or three under that about, you know, okay, whether you were playing somebody or what? My five was – uh, my okay, number one is, is of course me, my wife. Okay, number two, I have to say the the teammates I met because looking forward to it and going into the NFL, I was still friends with guys like Robert Quinn, Bruce Carter, uh, Zach Brown, Quinn Copels, uh, Trey Boston, all those guys I would still see and see throughout the NFL on game days. So I would say the relationships. Uh, three, beating Notre Dame my sophomore year. Four B Virginia Tech, my junior year in Blacksburg, that was, which was pretty cool. It was cool to hit a, hit, hit a pin drop in that place. Uh, <laughs> uh, that and, and also being, I say I got tied for, for, for four. B Virginia Tech junior year and being Florida State in Florida State senior year. That'll Those do it. Yeah, and, and senior year, I mean, and five, five had to be had to just graduate from there. Nice. Let me ask you about your senior year and how it started, um, which is kind of weird because it's similar to what's going on with this season, but for very different reasons. Carolina right. was supposed – you guys were supposed to be really, really good in 2010. And I remember I was sitting at the beach – and I got a text from Inside Carolina's Greg Barnes, who probably reported on the NCAA mess better than anybody. Well, he did. There's no probably to it. And he says, man, the NCAA is in Chapel Hill. And my response was, oh, snuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's never good when they're in town. Right. It, uh, which was, was crazy, like, because, you know, you walk, you walk through campus and they have the newspaper uh, – Stands, you know, you mm -hmm. pull it, you pull it and get a paper out. So all the newspapers that look up to campus, it says, NC, all the all the papers say NCAA in time. <laughs> so I'm like, man, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, like like I promise you, I didn't know what was going on. Like I knew, I knew, I knew we probably get a lot of questions because a whole bunch of talented guys was coming back. Mm -hmm. So like, so when we got called into the meeting, uh, Davis was like. Uh, they come in, they gonna ask questions, just tell the truth. So I'm looking, I'm still looking around, I'm still dumbfounded, like <laughs> about what? Like what, what's who, who messed on? up? Right. <laughs> what's going on? Like I'm, I'm looking like oh, oh my god! Like what, what they got to talk to us about? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm on, I'm on the list. I'm like, what the hell did I do? So uh, I don't know what they asked everybody else, but they, they was like, they like, you know, why we're here? I was like. Easy because every a lot of, uh, we all had draft grades and we came back like man I don't know I'm just as clueless as you so when it came out with what all they was there for I'm sitting there like what the hell like <laughs> 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 you know I'm like 
So you mean to tell me? And I was mad for other reasons. Like I wasn't mad that they was taking money. I was honestly, I was mad. Like, why the heck? Why the heck did I didn't know about this? Like, <laughs> I was that's like, what I was saying. What I miss? I was like, <laughs> let me know. Because <laughs> like, because it's because NCAA asked me. They was there was that. Did you did you know that the improper benefits were being given out? I was like, no, but I would be. I, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna <laughs> I'd be just as guilty as they were because I sure would have had my hand out. <laughs> that's the beauty. That's the beauty in it. So I'm like, because I'm like, I, I'm sitting I, in the back of my mind. I'm like, so I've been sending home my financial aid and my meal checks to my mom, and I could have been getting money from people to send them instead, and probably even more. That's what I was mad about. Like, why nobody was telling me? Like, <laughs> but I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? They was like, yeah. Do you know if they're getting it? I'm like, no. Yeah, I said, if they are, that's their business. And then I guess they think because we we together all the time, we know each each other's every move. And and I would I would I would tell them to this day, like I didn't. I was, I'm a don't ask, don't tell. If it don't involve me, you know what I'm saying, yeah. I'm not in your business. At the end of the day, we're all grown men. If I feel like I gotta hold you accountable, then I will, but I'm not, I don't know your situation at home. Cause a lot of guys was taking money to help out at home. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, like if, if that was the case, then I would be as guilty as well. Cause I sure would have got some of that sent home and helped my mom and dad, but like I, yeah. I did it. But I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like you hear about it, but I'm thinking I'm at the university where I really don't have to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're, we're protected. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't think that people was, was, would, would be in the circle like that. Like, come yeah. to find right. out that, that they'd be out in front of the stadiums with, with, like, standing close to folks' parents just to get in contact with you. And I was like, see, I didn't know that either because I would, I would come out of the games – and once I meet up with my family, we didn't we didn't stick around and talk with the other families. It wasn't it wasn't no disrespect to the other families. It just my mom and dad came to see me. You know what I'm saying? So right. when, I, when I came out and I greeted them and they man, you had a hell of a, hell of a game. All my congrats. We would leave and go get something to eat because they got to get on the road in the morning. It's a right. six hour it's a six hour drive from Chapel Hill back to Georgia. They got to go to work on Monday, so I'm finna go eat with them so they can go to the hotel that I ended up paying for with my meal money <laughs> so they could get some rest and then they go back the next morning. So I didn't think nothing, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, damn, I'm glad I didn't hang out at, in front of the stadium after the games and whatnot. I mean, it, it all checked out. I was clear of everything, but I mean, I had, it, it sucked because what could have been, you know? And it cost you three games, ultimately. Yeah. Talk, talk about having to sit for what you had to supposedly sit for and miss LSU and those those other two games. I mean, oh, as it, from a player's standpoint, people don't – and that's right. one thing that is frustrating for me is people don't understand guys like you and what position you guys are in. You've explained it on the on the financial side there, and I 100% agree, and I, it sounds like the NCAA is trying to come around – now it's a little late but having to sit i believe if my memory serves you had a professor that was overseas somewhere or something to that yeah, effect. that was the story okay, so, at least so my okay so first first it was it was ncaa and then i think the university itself came out with an investigation because it, it was uh a tutor was reported doing guys work mm-hmm. so so i got cleared through ncaa when they found out I didn't do anything. So now I'm dealing with the school because we all work with this one professor, with this one tutor, but 
I think some of the guys she she broke she actually broke some of the guys' paper. Mm-hmm. But um, so they interviewed me because I had worked with, but I was like, no, she didn't write anything for me. So they had to. It was just one one paper, which was an assignment from a teacher. She it was a ten page paper that uh, this teacher assigned us to write, and it was pretty much you got to write about what you're passionate about. So I just wrote about me playing football from Pop Warner to Carolina now. Because at the time I was a junior, so when I wrote the paper, I was a junior. So I just wrote, it's easy to write about you. Play, like, it's like if you play, if you did anything from four to now, you could really, right. you could game. So that's what I chose. You said it could be anything. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I chose. And so they was like, did you, did somebody write this for you? I said, man, it's a paper <laughs> about me playing football and my journey from childhood to now, you know? So they have, well, we have to talk to the professor to make sure this was a required assignment. And the thing about it, after that semester, she was going, she had already told us she was going to study abroad in Africa or Europe, wherever she said she was going. She told the class that, you know? So I was like, man, I hope y'all can find her because as far as I know, <laughs> she, she, that's what she said. And, 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 and of course, they see that I was telling the truth. So they had to get in contact with this lady. And it took them, wherever she was at, whatever village or wherever <laughs> she was at, they had to go find this lady. And they went and found her. Oh. And she, and she, and she clear, classified everything, cleared it up. And when I got cleared to play, it was already three games. Um, the one, the, the game I hated missing the most was the LSU game because it was in the Georgia Dome. Mm, that's homecoming, man. Yeah, exactly. And leading up to that point, I had like, like my mom and dad, them, they, they gave us four tickets, so my mom and dad them had them. But I had relatives that bought their oh. tickets in advance. So, so I can so, tell you, I, we went down to that game and I was sitting in the stands and at halftime, yeah, we didn't know who was going to be on the bus for Carolina. Right. To get right. down there, right and at halftime of the game, we're all sitting there going, "What in the hell did we come to Georgia for?" It was like thirty to three or something ridiculous, and then to see that team come back and almost pull that game out, you think, right. "What if Denaris would have been yeah. in the defensive backfield?" You know, right. and all that kind of stuff. And I know, and I know, because I still after my, I know, I know my first three years in the NFL, I would see guys from LSU and I would see guys from other teams. That was like y'all supposed to be something nice. Like, and guys from LSU was like, bro, y'all almost beat us with freshmen and backups. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> and this is and this is this is people telling me this. You know what I'm saying? Like, guys that I, I that, that I like like a couple of guys that was on the LSU team that I knew from Georgia. They they was telling me like y'all would have gave us problems. Y'all gave us problems. Yeah. Who y'all had? So I know it would have been a game if, oh. if if y'all original guys would have played. So so it was it was hard hearing that and having to, having to deal with that. But the, yeah, I would say that LSU game was the one I hated missing the most. And even though we played Georgia Tech and Rutgers, that LSU game was dumb. Let's uh let's talk about the league a little bit. I mean, you went on to have a phenomenal career, and you kind of scratched the surface of it a little bit early for us. But your first sack in the NFL was on Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Talk about that. I, I mean, I, I hate to throw just a talk about there at you, but, I mean, that's <laughs> that's a big story in and of itself, man. I oh, mean, yeah. your first oh, sack yeah. is against the, hall, uh, against the Hall of Famer and maybe one of goal. the best quarterbacks of our generation. Tell I us about that, it. I got that hanging up in the bag, hey. 
<laughs> I got that picture. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> in a nutshell within itself. That was an amazing experience. I mean, it was uh, it was about my third year. Uh, we had we had just got a new coaching regime in, mm-hmm. so we was they was the defense we ran. Man, it was designed to put guys everywhere. So like on that particular play, I was a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. Something I had done since high school. And then it was a blitz call, and I, I came through free. And then, like I said, it was a, a layup sack. But, hey, I take it, it on counts. <laughs> it <laughs> right. counts. They all count. <laughs> did, he say, did he say anything after you took him down? No. He just got, he just got up and slammed the ball down, you know. I mean, <laughs> I was too hyped to just stand there and see what he was going to say. Like, it was, it was on third down. So, when I when I sacked him, we was coming off the field. Punt was right. coming on. Punt time was coming on. So, it was – it was, a, it was a cool moment. First game of the season, the first, like, our defense went on to set a record for sacks that year. And it was pretty cool knowing I got the first one to start off the whole thing. Like, I ended up getting four that year, but that was, I got, that was my first one. I love that. Uh, I love that you still have a photo of that because, I mean, that's a Hall of Fame-type memory. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> let me ask you this. You, through your career, you ended up playing for a lot of new coaches. Like, you know, we know how the NFL is, not for long. You know, they, they'll, right. they'll turn over a coach real quick. What was your perspective? I mean, every year it feels like you had to kind of relearn a defensive playbook if there was a new DC coming in. It seems like every year, you know, they were you were having to beat out somebody for your starting job. Talk about that a little bit. Let us let our listeners and our viewers know, kind of from a professional's perspective, where this is your job. How does that affect you? Um, you have to be mentally tough. That's when you got to revert back to like, do you really love football? You got to find, keep reminding yourself for the reasons why you play. Cause it's it's tough. It is, it's it's like I would say once you once you get in the National Football League, I would say it's more mental than physical. Cause at the end of the day, it's still football. So physically, you could play it. The mental part of it is watching film twelve hours out of the day and making sure you maintain your body and make sure making sure you do the little things, being early for meetings, eating the right meals at meal time, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you do you lift correctly and all that. But when they put them books in front of you, like my first two years, my first two years we were still in the in the binders and the binders right. was like this thick, you know? <laughs> and then like after that we went the iPads, you know what I'm saying? So you wouldn't have the big binders, but you have a notebook in your iPad, you know? So um, man, you just gotta you gotta flow with it. Like like my rookie year, like the scheme changed four different times. My first, I was at Buffalo four years and played four different defenses, yep. <laughs> which was crazy. Like my rookie year was in the three four. My second year was in the four three. My third year was in the three four. <laughs> and my last year, uh, my fourth year was in a, a, a four three. So it That's was insane. Right. So, but you got to, hey, you got to be prepared, man. Like, I still got, man, uh, I got notebooks. I still got, I, think I probably got about four or five book bags full of, like, notebooks from notes. And I know, I know like, six different defenses. I mean, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I mean, it helped. I mean, it helped me grow as a, as a, as a player. I know, I know so much now, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I want to, I can go be a defensive coordinator. That's how much I know, you know, so – that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's it's, it's you have to be mentally, you got to be mentally sharp and, and prepared to handle that. Because if you're not winning, not for long, they get you out of there, get somebody else in. So now the next person coming in with their ideas and their scheme may mean a whole another thing 
from the last king. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's terminology is different. Personalities is different. You may go went from a coach that was laid back and easy. Now you got a coach that's that's on you. You know what I'm saying? That demands more out of you. And even though you're a grown man. He's still a coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. but they also gotta remember too, like the person their coaches makes more than them. I mean, I know you gotta do the <laughs> job, but, but like, I've seen coaches and players get into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I got into it by coach one time. Like, like, like during the game, like in the heated moment, we're trying to win. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, him going at it. I'm like, coach, that might not work. You know what I'm saying? And he like, do it. You know? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That's that's how it is. And then uh, what the best thing that happened though was when I went to Tennessee because Tennessee I was able to stay with one scheme for three mm-hmm. years and that was when we was with uh, Dick LeBeau's three four scheme mm-hmm. with the zone blitzes so that was that was that was crazy and by, that's by, suited by, for by, your by, speed anyway I mean the the way the way you attack the ball or have your whole career yeah. that three four zone scheme has got to be much better for you personally right, right. fit fit where needed I loved it and then yeah, I I knew where everybody was lined up so sometimes he would let me. Just move around, like so. It, so I had I had the best time with that. Then we played. I played in Carolina's four three, and that was pretty basic. Basic gap out defense. Yeah, but, but with that with that team, you didn't have to do much playing next to uh, Luke and Thomas Davis. They gonna hmm. <laughs> they, handled, they cleaned up everything. What? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me okay. this: what, what kind of coach does uh, Denar Cersei prefer? Um. To me, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, I don't have them all. I don't have. I don't have some that's that's got. They're like I don't have some coaches that's that's detailed like Belichick. I don't have some that's laid back like Rex Ryan. I don't. Uh, I don't have former players as coaches. You know what I'm saying? So they they more so on. They know what you're going through. So those have been the best coaches to me. Coaches coaches who are like former players. Mm-hmm. That I work with those to me, the, like different role. I love all of them, but those are the best because they personally, like, even though you may have an older coach that played during the seventies and whatnot, it's like, nah, hell, no, the game is different now than from when you played. Yeah, <laughs> when you played, it was just lined up and just rushed straight at you. Like now, it's everything is is, is spaced out, so you need more people that can relate to what a player has to deal with and what he's going to be faced with. So, I mean, um, I would say those are the best, the best coaches I've had, the player coaches. That's a perfect sort of segue into a topic we wanted to cover with you. Um, talk about Dre Bly at North Carolina. I mean, he he's fits broke. everything you just talked about. Um, right. Talk about how he is um, – how he is going to make a huge difference at Carolina. He already has on recruiting, obviously. Right, absolutely. Being able to coach guys. He's – I mean, it's, it's a couple more coaches on the UNC staff that, that play play, and now they're coaching, but he's he's the more recent, freshest face. Mm-hmm. Like, he played during the 2000s, and now he's he's coaching. So, he's a, he's a more familiar face. And he's a guy that played at Car- – Played at Carolina, so he, he knows he knows what the guys are going through. He can relate. If if any of the guys have opportunity and chances to play on that next level, they can talk to him and he can give them insights of what has to be done, what what to expect. You know what I'm saying? Because guys, some guys may get get it get it in their head that the league is supposed to be this way, and it, it's not. I mean, it's it's hard to explain when you're not in it, like. I would say it's easier to get to the NFL than it is to stay in it. Mm-hmm. 
because in NFL is a revolving door. You know what I'm saying? Makes it, sense. Right. So it, you, you they have tryouts during the season. It's a tryout every Tuesday. Every Tuesday they got people in the facility working them out. So you need somebody that is not been through it but seen it to let guys know, like, if you have an opportunity to play at that level, you have to be accountable and you have to handle your business or they will get you out of there. So he he's the type of person that, that can, they can talk to on that type of level at that magnitude. I mean – I mean, I would say he's a good, he was he's a good fit, and with the type of talent that Mac Brown is bringing bringing in there, we're gonna have a lot of guys if they keep their head on straight and do what they need to do. We're gonna have a lot of guys that are able to play on that next level. It's gonna be a big revolving door in Carolina pretty soon <laughs> with the way recruiting going. So you need you need fresh faces around there that have been through those situations. Not only coaching them, like because Dre Block can pull a guy to the to the side, like doing that is not gonna help you play on Sunday. Like, you know what I'm saying? He can, he has the credentials to be able to tell a player that. Like a player, even a player that may think he's up here, like because he was a five-star coming in and whatnot, he's still going to listen to Drake. At the end of the day, Drake Black played 11 years in the NFL. Like, you can't. Yeah, exactly. You, come, you starting over coming into school. You know what I'm saying? So, you like putting putting positive people around them like that, like, like you're going to have to listen. Like, they, they're here for you. This is, this is why they recruited you. Like, <laughs> You've got a you've got a really good handle on kind of the the history of of Carolina football, including your part in it. Recently, you uh, you and Kiki made a, a significant contribution to the Carolina athletics by um, the donation you guys made that resulted in the naming of the defensive backs room in the Keenan Football Center to the the North Circe DB room. Do you want to share with our listeners and our viewers a little bit about why that was so important to you and Kiki to to make that contribution that that's going to help so many uh, up and coming players to to benefit from being a part of of this program and this university? Um, it was just it was for me for me personally it was a story of just being at a place that changed my life. You know, it was uh, I was a kid coming coming out of a rough neighborhood. I wanted I always wanted better for myself. I always wanted to see more, like I knew it was a bigger world outside of Decatur and Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? So I, so for, for Carolina to be that first foot, foot, foot placement in my life away from the city, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I've been to football camps, but at the end of the camp, I always came back home. Like Carolina was going to be a place I was going to be at for four years. So, right. so for that to be a big part of my, part of my, my life and, and my growth as a person, man, I was, I, I wanted to, be able to give back and now that I have kids and I get to take my kids back it's pretty cool it's pretty cool for from to have my son go up and see that or my daughter go see it or my mom and dad I bring my mom and dad and they see it you know what I'm saying that's that's pretty yeah. that's pretty amazing man that's something that's something that can never be taken down like, I'll be a part of the school like I know I'm, gonna be, I'm a part of the school history forever I already know that but it's just it's just more ways apart to connect with school when I'm when I'm not here so so if I could always continue to be an example a good a good example for guys coming through there that you know they want to give back or like ways they can give back is by donating or ways they can give back and come back and coach or work in a football office you know what I'm saying like just just be contributors in that in that way man like it's it's just big I mean I didn't know I was gonna be the first I just wanted to be a part of the, a group that's giving back and and to be to be able to say like yeah, I was the first to do that. Still pretty cool. Ha! Ah, yes, yes. A run in from a from a guest appearance. I love it. He just woke up. Say hey. What's up, little man? 
Hey. Who are these people looking at me? Hey. Denoris, how about this? Uh, you talked about, you know, how how you've you've now kind of segued into being a fan of being a dad. Uh, Tommy and I are both are, are both fathers. Yeah, you know, you're now officially a family man. What's your number one goal as a dad? Number one goal as a dad is help them achieve any dream they set out to achieve. Because like when I told my parents at four or five years old I wanted to play the National Football League, they they let me let me know it's gonna be a tough road. It was gonna be hard. We behind you 100%. No matter what, if you make it or you don't make it, as long as you're trying, that's all we that's all we care about. You know what I'm saying? And long as as long as I knew I always had that support, man, it was it was easy to pursue it, you know. So that's 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 all I, I, I can give to him. Uh, look, I can give a little bit more, but I, uh, the main thing is he know he has total total love and support from from his dad, well, both parents, but but damn sure from dad. That's beautiful. Well, what uh, yeah, uh, I've got a rising senior in high school that desperately wants to go to Carolina, and I've told him, oh, he doesn't play sports, but he's a smart kid, and I've told him just being smart doesn't get it. You got to be more than that to get into Carolina. And, uh, yeah, to hear you to hear you talk about it, to hear you talk about it, it moves me um, to really hope and pray he can get in there. Let uh, let's talk a little bit. You got your hands full for sure. Now let's talk a little bit about what's been life like since football. Uh, I know you started um, a business. Talk about that a little bit for the folks listening. Um. Well, we we uh we came became I became an ambassador for Clean Juice. Me and my wife. Uh, it's a it's a it's a growing uh, franchise. It's you know it helps it, it helps with like detoxify people who want to be vegans and vegetarians. Um, if they just want to, it's ways it's ways to put fresh product products in, in your body. Help it helps it helps keeps the. Uh, I know people like to have fun. They like to party. So if you drink it and they like to do that, this this is what helps get that up out of you before you have to go to work on the Monday. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, they got they have immune shots, which helps uh, give you more vitamin D to help prevent you from getting sick. They have wheatgrass shots. Um, it's 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 a lot, man. Um, I'm, right now we're just ambassadors, but like in a year or so, I'm looking to open my own, and hopefully I can get a couple more franchises. I definitely gonna put one in Georgia, where I'm from, and have one out here in Houston, where I live at now, where I can go back and forth. But other other than that, my time is really before the pandemic broke out. My routine was I wake up at like six, get the kids ready, or get myself ready, get the kids ready, get them off to school, get me a workout in. Uh, if I don't have any errands or anything to get do get done around the house or any honeydews around the house, I'm at the golf course. <laughs> uh, I go to Happy Hour up the street. Uh, I know the owner at this at this bar uh, right outside the neighborhood. I go up there to Happy Hour to have a couple a couple glasses of wine and whatnot. Still around the area and the community and whatnot. I'm, I'm on the PTO. I'm a, I'm a, I'm on parent teacher organization. You know, I go he- go set up for like events at my daughter's elementary school. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm having a blast, man. Like, <laughs> go go play basketball with some of the dads in the neighborhood. You know, I, I'm the youngest, even though I'm, I'm 31. I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest dad in the neighborhood. What uh, last question for you? Talk about North Carolina football these days. What do you think Matt Brown's accomplishing at Carolina? Oh man, you can already see it. You can the from what's that the 20. 
the season before he came in, it was it's complete night and day. And that's just something that's just one year. I mean, I hate the 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 pandemic kind of slowed down our growth a little bit because we weren't able to be around each other for say spring ball and whatnot. Because I was looking forward, because myself, I was looking forward to going back and just watching spring ball and whatnot and being being at that event. Um, so it kind of it kind of but it but the great thing is it held everybody back. So everybody's kind of at the same mm-hmm. start line. But we have some we have some great talent, and from what I can see, I get the notifications every day from some four or five star recruit committing or announcing their commitment. So I'm seeing the type of talent he's bringing in. And, um, that's what takes me back to like having guys around like Drake Block. Like Mac Brown is bringing the type of talent in that we're going to be able to compete. You know what I'm saying? Compete in those, those big, big games and compete in those college playoffs. So that's going to be, that's going to be the thing. We, we start going to national championships. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be playing Auburn down there in Atlanta, but that I know like it's gonna to be there. That was going to be a huge one. You know, free room and board. I just stayed my mom's house. Can't beat that now. Catch, catch the train. She probably that's that's why got the whole team in there now. Look at there. We got the whole team up. Look, talk about the Carolina family. The basketball team gets a lot of talk about the Carolina family as far as how those guys stay in touch, how those guys communicate. Speak to the the Carolina football side of that. I don't think that maybe – I don't want to say you guys have been treated as well as maybe should across the whole spectrum, Um, but speak to maybe Mac Brown's attempts to get the Carolina family, football family, back going. Uh, Well, last last year he had the – in 2019, he had an event where he invited some of the football lettermen's back, and we, uh, we met at Sutton's. Uh, mm-hmm. The night before was like a, a meet and greet, and then we went, you know, we gave us a tour of the new indoor facility, and we met them in, um, individually, and then we went to the basketball game, which is which is pretty cool. I mean, every time I see him, see Mac Brown, he always asks me, do I still have a year of eligibility left? I tell him I wish, you know, just to put those new uniforms on, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I'm enjoying my time. But um, uh, I, I would say they're making a, a conscious effort, though, for sure. Uh, you see recently Hakeem done the same thing and donated back to the school. So it's good to especially have guys like him him around there, brother. Uh, and I have to say, I mean, we have some talented receivers come through Carolina, but Hakeem Nix was a grown man, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> he was, he was different. Hey, right, right. It just, whew. but, um, but yeah, man, he, I, I believe they're making a conscious, conscious effort to bring everybody back, which, which is good. I mean, any event they willing to have, I'm willing to show up for it. Like, like I said, the spring game weekend was going to be big because they don't have the, the golf outing for the football. Yeah. I was going yeah. to do that. I was going to be at the the, uh, the luncheon before the spring game and all tailgate and all that. I was, I was looking forward to it because I was seeing the email and all the guys confirmed to coming back. So I was looking to see some guys, you know, so, so um, it's it's there. As long as we keep making a conscious effort, man, I'm I'm I be there. I do the best I can to be there for sure. So I love coming back. Well, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us. Like I said, Brian Chaco speaks so highly of you. Tommy Thigpen says that you were one of his favorite kids ever uh, to recruit and right. grown up to be a a wonderful dad to those two and yeah, husband man. to Kiki. Man, it, it's been a pleasure for us, Denaris. I do appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, hope to talk again sometime down the road if if football can get back to going. We'll yeah. We'll circle back.
Okay, cool. Well, All right, hey, buddy. Bye, kids. Bye-bye. Y'all be good. Yeah, bye. Guess what? I play fat football. <laughs> he said you did. You chase folks with flags. <laughs> Tell him you gotta break down and pull the flag. Break down and pull flag. <laughs> That's Boy, cool. I, uh, first time I practiced tackle somebody. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta get them. You know, <laughs> don't worry about the flag, just get them. Man, right. it's been a pleasure. Appreciate it, Denars. No problem. Thanks for having me. I'll take See care. you guys. Yep, be good. Many thanks to Denora Searcy for joining us on Inside Carolina Podcast. Joey, I wanted to stick with you and I here for a minute on the podcast. Um, you know, what a great guy. What a great representative of Carolina football. Well, and not only has he been a great representative on the field, but as you saw at the end of our time with him, you know, he's, he's a family man now, just like you and I and a lot of our listeners and subscribers are. And He's a Tar Heel through and through, and I think that's that's one of the things that most folks will will be able to really connect with, and and that will resonate with them. And I I love the fact that you know he was able to show that side to us. Yeah, and it was it was cool. We're talking about family being a family man, then having his little son come in and his daughter, <laughs> and to talk about it. I, I mean, I that was, was not scripted, right? We didn't script yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, really. It was it was like uh oh, this could go wrong, but it just went perfectly. <laughs> we um, you know. And when I ask him there at the end, we talk about the Carolina basketball family a lot. And there's been yeah. a lot of discussion over the years. We've talked to guys like Brian Chekos, Mike Ingersoll, former players that have said um, that there's work to be done with the Carolina yeah. football side of the house. And I think Mike Brown's the perfect guy to accomplish that. But Cersei, being in Houston from Atlanta, just seeing the tie he has and then to donate the money to, you know, it, it sounded to me like it was – he felt like it was almost a duty to do. To, he's bought uh, in, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he definitely seems like he's, you know, signed me up. You know, I, I wish I could remember his exact quote, but yeah, he's he said he's going to be there, and he feels like he feels like the current staff is is committed to building that bridge back to all players from from different generations. And I think that that as you mentioned, Mac, Mac is is very much understanding of kind of what he is is not only a coach but as a figurehead and a spokesman for all of the letterman and alumni that have have played ball at carolina and and i think he gets it and if you look at his staff you know we talked in depth about dre blob you look at at dre blob tommy thigpen some of the other guys that are on that staff that understand what it means to play in that program and how it how it can grow and how it can manifest itself into you know, making the program better and, and recruiting and, and developing players. And then when they make impactful, you know, generational type gifts like Denoris Osiris, he made to the, to the Rams club. I mean, that, that stuff matters. And, and to have somebody sitting at the helm like Mac right now that, that gets that and, and knows what recipe and what ingredients to use, I, you really can't put a price tag on it. Absolutely. And so, like I said at the beginning of the show, take time to rate us on iTunes or however you get your podcast. Also on YouTube, if you're listening to this on the podcast, on the audio podcast, you missed a great show uh, by the Cersei family at the end of our discussion. I'm sure you heard them, uh, but if you have a chance to check it out on YouTube, check it out. Cool dude, great interview. I've got one request for our listeners, and Joey, um, you and I have taught this back and forth, is we need a name for these ah. uh, throwbacks slash player interviews joey's got the throwback throwback's game already taken on. yeah you gotta, you gotta come up with something else I, i've got to come up with something else so if you're listening to this uh help me out with a name 
former players discussion, whether it's basketball or football, and I've got some basketball players in the pipeline we'll talk to. Um, I want Inside Carolina listeners to help me name this little part of the show. I believe we have nine branded shows yeah. for Inside Carolina podcast, which is incredible. By the way, by far the best on the network I see is everything on 24-7 network, but I can't still throw back. I want a good name. I think and it can't, it can't one, be the, it can't be the Tommy and Joey talk to former players podcast. That <laughs> yeah. doesn't have as good of a ring to it and doesn't have as much panache as I think we would want. Yeah. I'm thinking Tar Heel talk, Tar, something to do with that. Anyway, help us out. With let, let the people speak. Yes. Speak. And we shall listen, rate us on iTunes, rate us on and subscribe on YouTube. Do all that stuff for Joey Powell. I'm Tommy Ashley. This has been the Inside Carolina Podcast, as always, sponsored by johnnytshirt.com. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.